0: Okay, let's begin our discussions of Parshas Emor, Tav Shin Ayin Vav, as we continue uh, being a couple of, uh, for the next couple of months, being uh, one week ahead of B'nei uh, Chutzlaretz and B'lashem Matos Maseh, all the way in, a, in a August or so, or July, we will uh, then uh, balance back. But either way, we are a week ahead and the Parshis are the same uh, whenever they come up, so we get to discuss Parshas Emor. And we start with the first passing, Vayomer Hashem El Moshe. Emor ela koanim bnei Aaron. Hashem says to Moshe, "Say to the kohanim bnei Aaron, 'V'yamar te aleihem lenefesh lo yi tamav Chazal picked up on one question that we're going to deal with uh, out of the two questions. Number one is the double lashon. First Rashi on the pasuk on the on the parsha. Emor ela emor v'yamar What's the double lashon of to say to say? Hashem says to Moshe, say to the Kohanim, and say to the Kohanim, b'amav. why the double Ashon of Emor via marta? Question one. Question two, uh, and that's, that's what Rashi, again, answers, lahazir gdolam alaktanim. Maybe it's a double Emor Emor. You should know, but you should tell your children the following halachas. Kohanim, who are musharim, they're not allowed to become tamay. Not only do they not uh, become Tameh, they're not allowed, but they also have to warn their children not to become Tameh uh, as well. So that's the double Lashon, that's what Chazal answered to the, que- to the question, but we're going to go down a different path. So number one, what is the double Lashon of emar Marta? Second question, uh v'ashem ha-Moshe, La Kohanim, b'nei aharon. Why are the kohanim called b'nei aharon? Well, we don't know that yet. Where the kohanim came from, we know that very well. That the Kohanim are Bnei Aharon. So why is that uh, emphasized in the in the pusik Rashi might allude to this question also, but we're now going to see it through the eyes of the Klejacher, the great darshan from Prague. Um, in source number one, says the Aharon, <speaking in Hebrew> Do the Kohanim, do we not yet already know that the Kohanim are B'nei Aaron? We know their biological uh, source. Matam alomar, Aaron, right? What is the um, emphasis that they are B'nei Aaron? They come from Aharon. Gam, kefel ha'amira, Tsarech bi'r, also, Kefal ha'amira, the double ushon of Amar, requires elaboration. Says the Kleyakar, we have to know something about the Kohanim. And along the way, he's going to tell us for those Kohanim here, why is there a difference in halacha between the, the halachas that are, are about to uh, be told over, the unique halachas of the Kohanim, about who they are allowed to marry? That is mostly what it talks about, but also in terms of tuma, we know there is a difference between the Kohen Gadol and all the other Kohanim. Even within their special, unique roles that they have, there are differences in halacha. So the Kleiachor is going to answer that along the way as well. And it appears to me as follows. Aaron is the source of all Kedusha. Aaron is the most intense. He was the first Kohen Gadol after Moshe Rabbeinu played Kohen Gadol for a week. But Aaron HaKohen was the first eternal Kohen Gadol. He's the source of it all. Umi Menu Nimshaka Kadusha, Gam he passed that on to his children, the kedushas kahuna. Ach lo kamoso But the fact that they are only offspring, they are not the source. So, Mamela, their kedusha is somewhat diluted. Their kedusha is not as strong and intense. Kiha yurachokimivakor kedusha because they are more distant from the source of the Kedusha. Like anything, you have something that is more intense, and then the further you get away from it, it's more diluted. You have a tea bag. The first cup of tea is going to be very strong. You use the same tea bag for the second cup of tea, it's going to be less, some people like it less diluted, less strong. So they'll dafka use a second. And the third, etc. Aaron cohen was that first tea bag. He was orig- that original state, the intensity of the Kedusha. Al Chaya Makara Kadusha Lo Hutra Lo That's why arana kohen is not allowed to become Tami for anybody, even a primary relative. One of the seven relatives. No, arana kohen is pure Kahuna. There's no dilution. He's pure Kahuna. And every kohen gadol afterwards steps into Arun's shoes. That's not a dilution. He is the Arana Cohen of that generation. And you could have a Kohen Hediot who all of a sudden becomes a Kohen Gadol. He's not born into it. So you have a Kohen who is somewhat diluted, but then when he becomes the Kohen Gadol, he goes into the shoes of Arana Cohen and therefore takes upon himself all the halachas. A Kohen Gadol is not allowed to go to the Levi of his father or his mother or his, or his siblings because he has, a, he, has, he has to overcome the personal feelings in order to connect and be representative of the nation. V'chein kolko en gadol mizaro dome lo mikol tzad shu mekabel shefa kedusha be'etzem v'rishonim kedusha rishoni is barach kinezer shem mishchasel akav la he has the oil of mishicha anointed on him that's Aaron ava wine ate b'nei Aaron shekiblu hakedusha be'emsa is Aaron litzdudin tani but all other kohanim litzdudin a language the Gemara says where it is as we said diluted. Inherently, they're not Kohen Gadols, but they're from the Kohen Gadol. They themselves standing on, on their own, they're, they're not, they don't have the inherent source, Kedusha, but they bring it, they are sustained spiritually by the Kedusha of the Kohen Gadol um, that exists. And that's why they have different dinim. But on the fact that from the kdusha that they received so they have the same halachas of Tumas Mais, but not as intense. They're not allowed to become Tame Meis, but only for non relatives. For the seven primary relatives, the Kohanim, have we possibly not have an obligation to become Tame. Okay, Dinam Khaluk. But because they are distant from the source, they're allowed to become Tame for their relatives, and that is the reason, says the Klayakar, because of their dual role. They are Kohanim, but they're not source Kohanim. They have certain Halachos like the Kohen Gadol, but not the full Halachos like the Kohen Gadol. They're not allowed to become tamei for most people. Al-Kain Kefel amira line 12. That's why there's a double Amira in the first Passach, Via v'amarta. Ki Amra Amira, Rishon, b'nei Aaron, b'nei The first one, emar la koanim, tell them they are b'nei Aaron. But they're not exactly. They are b'nei Aaron. They're not Aaron. So you have to say both things. Tell them who they are and tell them who they're not. And that's what's emphasized by the dial Amira, as we start off this parsha, which is all about kedusha. We mentioned in the past, Emr is about all the kedushas. We start off about kedushas agavra, the kedusha of the person. That's the kohen. Later on, we'll get to kedushas makom. We have halachas relating to the base of Migdash, And the end of the parsha, parshas of moadim, we have kedushas zman, the kedusha in time of the moadim. Emr is the parsha of kedusha, gavra, makom, zman. Right, and that's it. Starts off talking about the bnei Aaron who have. The double Lashon. And getting back to the other question, that's B'nei Aaron HaKohanim. They are B'nei Aaron. They flow from Aaron, but they are also Kohanim. They stand alone. They're not completely from Aharon, And that's why uh, they have different Halachos than the Kohen Gadot. So this is the klayakar. gets us started in terms of understanding the Kedusha of every Kohen in the world, which we have a Mitzvah say Yisrael, of a Mitzvah Zaseh, to be Machabeh. Good. Let's continue now with a halacha that comes up a mitzvah in a couple of sukkim, and it happened to be related to today's dafyomi. So it was relating to uh, to the shear and to the daf. The pasuk tells us in pasukhes perak chaval vikidashto, we shall sanctify him Ki lechem alokecha makriv because he offers the lechem of Hashem. The Kohen serves in the base of of Kadosh Yilach, Kadosh Ani Hashem Chem. This posseg of Vikidashto is the source for giving kavod to the Kohenim in all areas. Giving the Kohen the first aliyah. Asking the Kohen to be mizamen, right? Whenever we offer the Kohen a, a kibud, right? it comes from this posseg. It's part of the Mitzvah Seidah of Vikidashto. So the following question came through of Zilberstein in the Chashuke Chemed. Many are familiar with his other farm Baha revna The Chashuk Echemed is his Sefer on Shas, where he also, similar to the Baha Revna? he has questions related to the Dafim and Gemara. So, let's see the question, and along the way in his answer, we will see how it relates to the Daf, which is up to Kiddushan on Daf Nuntes. Says the Gemara, says the Chashuk Echemed, There was this question, there was a certain shul, and... There were two people that wanted Maftir. A Gabbai's nightmare. right? What do you do? They both had a yard site. But we might call it, one of them had a quote, real yard site. And one of them had kind of a more flexible yard site, if there's no one else that has yard site. But he didn't feel that way. So there were two yard sites. One of them was Ruvain. There was Ruvain. He was a nice guy. He was not a man of means. He was regular. He was a guy. He was fine. It was his father's yard site. The second one was a very affluent individual. Shimon. And he was a Kohen. That will play a role in the story. And he had yard sight for Avi Ziknaso, his great-grandfather. Avi yard sight. So it wasn't really a yard site, but it was a yard sight. So we, you know, instinctively would say, what's the problem? Give the Kohen Kohen and give the ruvein Maftir. But the but he wanted Maftir. Ironically, right, it, it's nowadays, the past hundreds of years, everything stands on its head. Maftir is an extra. It's not a real Aliyah. The seven aliyas are the real aliyas. Maftir is an extra, but now Bismanazet we think Maftir is the biggest keyboard because of the haftorah. But the haftorah is only there, so the person who gets a maftir doesn't feel bad they didn't get a real aliyah. So we give him the haftorah, but ultimately Shlishi, Rivi, Khamishi. Okay, but that's not what people think, and that's not what people are interested in emotionally. So what happened? Shimon. One of the gabbam goes over to Shimon when he finds out, and he says, "Listen." He asks on behalf of the Gabai board, Reina, Look, Ruvein has yard site for his father. And, you know, it was a place, now we know of a detail, where they sold the Elios. Please, do, me, do us a favor, don't bid him up. He can't afford so much, and he wants the Aliyah. It's his father's yard site. You know, just do us a favor, and don't, don't bid him up. So, Ashir and Inrosho, the rich man, shakes his head, Shimon, but he was not really interested in anything that the Gabbai was saying. So what happened? The Gabai starts the bidding. They already knew maybe something was wrong when he didn't bid for Kohen, maybe. And the competition starts, a hundred, two hundred, five hundred, a thousand. The Gabbai don't know what's going on. They asked Shimon beforehand, don't bid him up, and Shimon is as if he doesn't care. But what do you do? What can they do now? They have to keep going. He keeps going. He keeps, uh, keeps going up with the aliyah, with the money. So finally, Ruben has to drop out. And Shimon buys the aliyah for 4,000 shekel. And Shimon gets it. And the Gabayim were furious. But what do you do? He bought the aliyah. What do you do? And all of a sudden, the Gabai gets a great thought, a great hop. What does he do? The question is, in the, well, we'll get to the question. The Gabai goes over to the other Kohanim in Shul and asks them to leave before the first Aliyah. All the other Kohanim, without anybody noticing, all of a sudden, they disappear before the first Aliyah. They get up to Kohen. The Gabai looks around the Shul. Lo and behold, there's only one Kohen in Shul. Shimon! Shimon, Yamod! Cohen, Cohen, up! Cohen! And they call Shimon up for Cohen. Okay. Shimon's called up for Cohen. And fine. And then, a couple of alias later, it's mafter time. Shimon starts walking up. The guy turns to Shimon and says, What are you doing? He says, I want mafter, I bought mafter. The guy like, Oh, I'm so. But you got Cohen right. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You were the only Cohen. The. Sh- you know, the Shulchan Paskins, look at the last line, She'ain lahalos l'maftir mi Allah Torah. You're not supposed to give the same person maftir who got an earlier aliyah. So I, I'm really sorry, but, you know, maybe next Shabbos you could have maftir. And that's how the Gabai saved the day. The Gabai saves the day, And but now what's the question? Well, question number one might be, which he does not deal with, but implicitly is, did the Gabbai do the right thing? If you were the Gabbai, did you do the right thing? Did you come up with a way not to give Shimon the Aliyah? The other question is, though, the last bid that Ruvain had given was 2,000 shekel. So Reuven had, was ready. He was going to give 2,000 shekel for what he had bid. The Gabbai is wondering, does he have to give 2,000 to the shul because he caused the shul a 2,000 shekel loss? Because Shimon would have given 4,000 shekel to the shul. If he would have given him, but he was with Kohen. But that's the Gabai's question to Rav Zilberstein. Does he owe Do I have to give uh, 2,000 shekel to the shul? That's the kasha. So you can stop here and ask the family at the Shabbos table, what does everybody think? But we're going to say the answer now because we're in the middle of the shear. Says Rav Zilberstein, line, line. Shimon Ruvain before this whole story started the Gaboyim went to Shimon and said it's not your Aliyah. we're not giving it to you we're letting you know we're asking upik shumi they didn't say you know you know they didn't give him a choice they just said don't don't uh, uh, move the price up basically the Gabaim already decided who they were giving the Aliyah to Shimon now comes along and is impinging on the territory of Ruvain. Line eleven. The chatav may es ha'aliyah. Hami the Reuven al pi ha'gabayim. The gabbayim felt he's got the real yard site. She yesh la ni'echaz aliyas hamaftil is polished la yard site and not the fake yard site we might call it. Right? It's not a direct um, child. The and. We know if somebody impinges in somebody else's area, even before, this isn't stealing. But what is this? Something that I'm about to get and somebody comes and whisks it away in front of me. That sugi is called, that's today's daf yomi, when you have a poor person that's about to take something and then all of a sudden somebody comes and takes it in front of him. Right? Somebody's about to get a job. And then somebody else sneaks in and gets the job instead. Somebody says, anything. That's the sugya of ani hamahapech becharara. Says the uh, Chasuke Chema. That's exactly this case. It's Shimon's fault. Shimon, it wasn't, it wasn't. his to bid on. His bidding was all mistaken. Line twenty two. The Nireh Shav Shimon bechal klal azu umemelo haalpaim shekel shera tzel l'kupas be'sakneses shavim l'kesef mekulo. I don't, I don't even want Shimon's money. Rav says, the Shul doesn't want the money from Shimon. So what about the Gabbai? The Gabbai for sure does not have to pay anything because it wasn't his right. And then he even adds, Ruvain, the poor guy, shouldn't have even had to go up to 2,000 Shekel. So he says, tel ruvain, yesh ruvain, sidra Tell him to give some Shul. Let him pay a hundred shekel, a token, and let him give nineteen hundred shekel worth of shiurim, or if he, if he can't give shiurim, let him, like, clean up the sidurim. Let him do some service for the shul, but even Ruvain doesn't have to be, because this is not a violation. The Gabai does not have to pay, and even Ruvain doesn't have to pay what he already, uh, told to pay. Okay, that relates to the Kiddash, though. There's a whole Shiloh, did the Gabbai do the right thing? There's a separate. Moshe Feinstein has a Shiloh in Negris Moshe. The Shiloh was written to my father about asking the Kohanim to leave Shul because there are three Yartites in Shul. You want to give two, three Yisraelim on a Monday morning. So could you ask all the Kohanim to leave Shul? Is that appropriate? Or maybe could you just say, Bimechilas kohen. there are different Minhagim to do. But this wasn't that. You were leaving a in. What's the problem? One coin was going to be in a get the It wasn't a violation of a Kiddashda. Okay. Moving right along. So now we discuss the Kedusha of a Kohen. And now let's move on to later in the Parsha, Perach Beis. We'll skip the rest of the laws of Kohanim. We'll go towards the end of Perach Beis after a lot of Baal discussion. And we get to the laning that we have on Yontif also. Esef. And in that... Section, we have a very famous mitzvah, which we'll talk about now for a couple of minutes, and then we'll get back to at the at the end of the Shir as well. Vase. The Torah tells us, do not desecrate my name. The Aveira of Khilul Hashem. Yisrael. The mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. Sanctify my name. Yisrael, Ani Hashem I am Hashem who sanctify you. Let's see the words of the Nesiva Shalom. We've discussed many thoughts on this plastic in the past. I think five or six years ago we discussed um, the thought of Rav Nissen Alpert who points out that it's in the passive Vinik It doesn't say Vikadeshoti, Vinikdashti, Vinik Dashti to memela. But uh, let's see the words of the Selanah uh, in source number four. He quotes Rashi. Starts by quoting Rashi. Let's see Rashi. Rashi says what is or let's continue reading the Pesach. I'm sorry, the next Pesach. That took you out of Egypt to be for you, for a God. Rashi adds in three words. With this in mind. This was the condition. I took you out of Mitzrayim in order that you do the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. What's Rashi emphasizing? Rashi is always trying to tell us something. What is Rashi emphasizing by adding in those three words, Al Minas Kane? This is why I took you out of Mitzrayim. What is the What is the emphasis? Says in the Sivashalam, bottom right, the The whole purpose of leaving Mitzrayim and becoming the chosen nation, Hakolhu al Minas. Yisrael. It is all with that purpose in mind. Why is this the most important? Question one. Question two. Vehine second column. As has been pointed out, the first sefer in the Rambam, fourteen books, is Mada. The first set of halachos in sefer Mada is hilchos yisod HaTorah. Which mitzvahs are described in Huchus Yisodei HaTorah? Belief in Hashem, Avas Hashem, Yiras Hashem, and Kiddush Hashem, and Hilul Hashem. The mitzvah of Kiddush and Hilul Hashem. Says the Nesiva Shalom. What exactly, why, does the Rambam put it in Huchus Yisodei HaTorah? Call basis, you, out of all the mitzvahs, yeah, it's important, but Yisodei HaTorah? This is the basis of everything. So, what is that? Kidish Hashem is Almanas Kain. What is it in Yisodia Torah? And also, in the fifth parak there, in Hilchot Yisodia Torah, the Rambam starts off with the following washon, line three. Call base Yisrael, mitzvah, al-Kiddush Hashem, hagadol hazeh. All base Yisrael are commanded in this mitzvah. That is an unusual washon that the Rambam hardly ever has. Call base Yisrael. Or what does the pasuk say? But not Besok Bnei Yisrael. Bnei Yisrael says that a lot in the Torah by many mitzvahs. The Rambam does not mention this type of lashon by many mitzvahs. Call Bnei Yisrael mitzuvim al kiddush Hashem v'tzarech beer lishon. No shehikdim call Bnei Yisrael mitzuv mitzivuyan haray b'chol mitzvot mitzuvin call israel. Yisrael v'yafal p'gi lamatzina lashon kazeb b'makom acher every mitzvah everybody has to do. What's the Rambam emphasizing here? Call Bnei Yisrael. Dafka by the mitzvah of, of Kiddush Hashem. Good. He says maybe, he says this, maybe a hint could be in the continuation where he talks about the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem in the extreme ways. Meaning, we know we have to give our life by three Averos. V'al if there is an Anah, somebody forcing me to do an Avera. Generally, I don't have to give my life except for the big three. But otherwise, I have to violate, says the the Mesiv Shalom here, quoting the Rambam. If somebody fulfills this mitzvah following Rabbi Akiva, He fulfills the mitzvah of Kiddush HaShem. Eiluhein haruge malchus, Shain ma'ala al There is nobody as great as somebody who gives their life. Al Hashem. Here's the pasik for us. The Alehen nomar. And about them, it is said, Kiallecha horagnu kalhayom. Because on you, Hashem, horagnu Kalayom, we are killed all day. That's referring to all the kedoshim that have given their lives throughout history, and obviously this week is uh, Yom Hazikaron. It obviously relates to this, to this as well. But as the Nesiv Shalom if you look closely at the pasuk, even before that. I'm sorry. He gets to that in a second. Says the Nesiv Shalom, line seven: no kasha yom yizbarach. Every day we're killed. We're not killed every day. What, what does that mean? How do we say that? Every day we do the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. So he says, well, maybe we should at least be ready every single day. He quotes the Rashba, line eleven. When we say in Kriyas and we think. Afilu who no tell us nafshacha the Mishnah at the end of brachos umaskibin alka so it's as if kilu Ragnu kol hayom okay but he says there's still a problem and we're almost up to his yisodos yisodosic idea let's look read the pasuk closely does it say we're killed every day Kiawecha alecha horadnu kol yom kol hayom what's the extra hay Ramam quotes this as the source, one of the sources for the Mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. Ki-olecha horagnu kol hayom. The whole day. The whole day? We just said we're not every day. So we said, okay, maybe during Kriya Shema. But what does that mean? Ki-olecha horagnu kol hayom. in a Shalom, a classic, his kind of thought. Line 21. u It's an obvious thought, but it has to be said. Ubiaraynya, Dimasha Haramba Mone, Esmitswas Kiresh Hashem, the Hilkhas Yesodhia Why is it why is it in Hilkhas Yesodhia Torah? And why does Rashi say this was the whole purpose of Yetsias Mitzrayah? Why? And why does the Ram say ko base Yisrael? Mipnei Kirish Hashem in the more general sense does not only mean in the extreme ways. Shizet Tapkid Klali vi ikari it's a mitzvah that we are obligated in every single day of our life, no matter what we are doing. It's all not only where somebody is forcing me to do an aveira. It's our constant fight with our Sahara. The greatest fighter that we will ever have to fight is the Sahara. The greatest fighter, right? There's nobody. They say a story from Ephudner. He met a Talmud once in the in the in the in the um, in the in the hall. The, the end of the story is that the Talmud said the Sahara is the greatest Chavrusa. Why? He's always there on time. He never lets me get away with anything he's always fighting with me our fight with the Sahara in whatever area of life that we all have our weaknesses that's that's where we have the opportunity for kiddush hashem kamocha rambam like the rambam says in the continuation of parake later on we've read this in past years If somebody does not do an Avera, or does a mitzvah, we're in the privacy. Nobody else is going to know about it. And I withhold and I don't do an Avera. Or I do a mitzvah. It's a secret one. Like Yosef and Esher Potiphar. You don't need to give your life for Kiddush Hashem, and we've mentioned in the past it might even be somewhat easier. We mentioned that some of Hashem say on the Akeda, what did Yitzchak Avinu have to learn after the Akeda? Why do you go to Shem Be'ever according to the Medrash? Because you can know how to die Al Kiddush Hashem, but you need to know how to live Al Kiddush Hashem also, and that's a constant in life. V'lo rak mitzvos mifurashos line thirty three, ela kol shel yehudi heima melchama ritsufa Our entire life, we have to be so on guard. In every generation, especially in our generation, where there's so much danger and poison for our neshama with one press of a button. And we could be maharis, we could destroy everything. And that's it. And that's Kiddush Hashem, where nobody knows about it between me, the computer screen, and Hashem. That's it. What opportunities that we have both for Chil HaShem, al HaLatzlan, and for Kiddush HaShem. Like the Mesol Sharm says in the first parak, Hashem put us in the world to battle. He put us in the world. It's not easy. To have Kavana in Davening is not simple. It's not simple. The Shulchan Arach has a whole simon about it and strategies and the Shulchan Arach talks all about and if you don't remember what you said, what do you mean you don't remember what you said? Do you ever not remember what you said to your friend two minutes ago? No, but we don't remember if we said Vasein Bracha. How is that possible? Because we're not there. Right? It's hard to have Kavana. Vahim, and this is, this is part of the battle. In every area. There are battles in choshen Mishpat. There are battles in Arachayim. There are battles in Yerideah. And there are battles in Ebenezer. There are battles in every area of Shulchan Aruch. But that's where we have such amazing potential. Skip down. Bimuchama Zakah Azos. And that's what it means, Kiawachaho Ragnu. We kill the eight Sahara. Or he gets us. Kol Hayom. Not every day, but all the day. Shehu Shehuala Mishko, it's like the Pasik embraces. Khou Yeser, Makshavos, Libho, Rak Ra, Kol Hayom. And we have to try to do our best in every battle that we have. That's been Igdashti Bisokhbina Yisrael. At the uh, bottom line, the yehudi Kovesh tavas gufo umikarev libo hashem Bakina nefesh. That's mesira of a nefesh. Sometimes we want to do something, but we stop ourselves. Right in the days when when somebody had to give up their job if they wanted to keep Shabbos. Right. Sometimes we have to give something up. Sometimes we can't take take the job of a lifetime. If it impinges on our shabbos, if it impinges on my family time, if it impinges on a different other value that I want that I want to uh, that I want to do, I can't go. A young, a young a younger person, maybe they can't go to a certain place to to study in a school because it's not the best place for their neshama, and they have to sacrifice something in another area for their neshama. Says the Rambam, that's what it means. Call Beis Israel. It's not just for the great tzaddikim that have to give their life; it's for every single Jew. Line eight. Kol b'nei Yisrael mitzvah al Kiddush Hashem. Lahoros she'enah mitzvah t'luya rak ba'ofan sh'akum onso elohi mitzvah temidis hamutelis al kol b'nei Yisrael she'kol yudim mitzvah la'akar me'atzvah shor shara. We have to search, and then he says something beautiful based on his uh the Sfarim Hakdoshim, He quotes and he quotes the Rebbe the Reptsalad Milablin. We're talking about the ultimate symbolic act of the Nikdashri, Kiddush Hashem, is the Akedah. Yitzhak was ready to give his life for HaKadosh Baruch What did it say afterwards? So the Malach Hashem screams out, don't kill Yitzhak. Avram lifts up, his, lifts up his eyes, and what does he see? Line 17. V'hine ayo achar ne'echaz basvach b'karnav. He sees another ram that was caught, twisted in the, its horns in the bush. What's the message? This was one Akeda. But now there's another aisle. There's another aisle that you could work on. Nechaz, and it, it's, it's trapped also. It's entrapped. What does it mean? It's entrapped. That's the, that's the life Akeda. Rosello Marsha, Chutz, Akeda they can't control themselves. That's where we have to fight. And that's the uniqueness, that's what Rashi says, Amanas because this is what life's all about. And this applies in every situation uh, throughout throughout our lives that we can imagine. And it continues, we're not going to read the continuation, but it continues here, and that's all, all about the mitzvah of, of Kiddush Hashem. Okay, moving right along to Parshas HaMoadim. We know the Torah talks about the Moadim in at least three different places, alludes to it, more than three, but the three main places that the Moadim are talked about, Parshas MR, Parshas Pinchas, and Parshas Re'eh. Pachas, MR, the focus, as we know, are the Mysa Mitzvot, right? Uh, the, most of the Mysa Mitzvot, not all of them. Pinchas is mostly the Karbanos, Musafin, and Ray talks about the alila regel and the, and the Karbanos. Again, there's overlap, but that's, uh, that's general what is, uh, is spoken about. That's why in MR we have Shvuas, we have the Ksirasa Omer, and we have Svirasa Omer, and then we have Sukkis, we have Sukkah, we have Dalin Minim, um, and then we, uh, what, what we're shofar, that's a good question. We have Yom Kippur, we have the Mitzvah of Inui, we have the Mitzvah Sayom, most of them here in, in uh, But let's review for a moment, uh, a thought from Rav Moshe that we did about five years ago, because there's a story to add on, story to add on, but it's a Rav Moshe worth, worth, uh, reviewing. He comments on the Rashi, the beginning of the Moadim. We know there are two beginnings. There's like a restart in the Torah. Perachav Gimel. Let's read the Psukim. We've done this before. <speaking in Hebrew> Speak to B'nei Yisrael and tell them. <speaking in Hebrew> These are the holidays. Ready? We're all set. These are the holidays. What's the next Pasuk? <speaking> Kodesh. <in Hebrew> Shabbos. What's Shabbos doing here? Shabbos is not a Moed. That's why we don't say howl on Shabbos. It's not a Moed. Next Pasuk. Let's start that again. This is the next Pasuk. And then we go into the Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkis, V'chulu. So why is there a double start? Not for now. But we start off introducing moadim and then we talk about Shabbos. What is the connection? Rashi says, Ma Ma'inyin Shabbos al moados. What is the connection between Shabbos and Yantif? to teach me, if somebody violates and desecrates, it's as if he violated Shabbos. Yantif is like Shabbos. If you fulfill the Moados, so then it's like you fulfilled Shabbos as well. That's Rashi. What's the depth of Rashi? And we might ask, why? What is the connection between Shabbos and Yantiv? It's two different things. Shabbos is Zechel HaMais Yantiv, Yontif, Zechel Right now, Why should the twain meet? Says of Moshe. Source number seven in the Drash Moshe. Quoting Rashi. And we discussed this thought also in the Haggadosh year a couple of weeks ago in a different context. Same thought. So, line six. Nireh B'Biur HaDvarim. de Shabbos Hu Tachlis emuna B'Briyaz HaOlam. Shabbos, Hashem is the Creator. Hashem is the Boray. and we copy Hashem and rest on Shabbos. If somebody violates Shabbos, it's like they're denying that Hashem created the world. They're denying Bria. The Hamoa dos Yantif is not Hashem as Creator, but Hashem as ultimate ruler of the world, involved in the world, doing whatever he wants in the world since creation. So there's the Borei, and there's the Manhig. There's creation, and there's constant involvement. There's Shabbos, and there's Yantif. Yantif is about Hashem's involvement. You see it's Mitzrayim, Kabbalah Matan Torah, and Ananei Hakavod says... From Moshe, line nine, v'hamoados, who he emunah, Hashem is part manhikas, all am kulobatzmo, umishade desateva, and he nullifies nature kirutzono to do whatever he wants for atzolos Yisrael. Shalachay, kishuach kishuach l'golosadim yitzrayim, when he wanted to redeem us, asalon u'nisim v'chulu ananei akavid, says the Torah, and chazal, Shabbos and Yontif, team effort, one without the other is zero. One plus one equals a complete unit. If you believe that Hashem is the Boreh and not the Manhig or the Manhig and not the Boreh, that's called Chatzidavar. Says Moshe, the Amr line 16, Emunah B'Chatzidavar no Plum. Well, I believe partially in Hashem. No, partial is zero. Kigon. He's a busy God. He's left. He has other universes to take care of. That even impacts the fact that I say that I believe in the Creator. Because someone who creates and is not involved, that's a pieces kavod, and that's lessening of his creation ability even, and vice versa. If I believe that He didn't create the world and is only involved, then even in the involvement is somewhat lower and minimized. So says there Moshe, that's the Rashi. Shabbos and Yontav play off each other. If I do only fulfill one and not the other, then it is impacting both. Line 25. Shabbos is put in the Parches Mo'adim to teach us that message. Shabbos is about recognizing everything's from Hashem. Shabbos is Echlamai HaSebratius. But it's also about, I realize that even nowadays, Hashem is involved in everything because Shabbos and Yandav go together. So there's a story, I saw it here in the Sefer Lasanig, but originally it's from those who have read the book, book from a long time ago, All for the Boss, about Rav Yaakov Yosef Herman. But he quotes here the story, you have it in source number eight and nine. I had forgotten the story, but uh, here it is. Rav Yaakov Herman, he was one of the, uh, one of the greats who came over to New York and eventually went back to Israel. He was the father of law, father-in-law, father-in-law of Rav Scheinberg. Rav Chaim Pentechah Scheinberg, famous for his, uh, titses. But uh, his father-in-law, Rav Yaakov Yosef Herman. So the story is told that he decided, he and his wife decided to make Aliyah. Amazing. 1939. They decide to make Aliyah from New York. And how do you make Aliyah? So you go on a boat, you took all the suitcases on the boat, and they take a boat from New York to Eretz Israel. Okay, so what happened? The, the, uh, they had to take, to go this way and that way, because there was a whole question about what was going to happen. It was the summer of 1939, and finally, the day that they come into the port in Haifa, Friday, September 1st, 1939, the day that World War II broke out. And they have instructions, get this boat back to the U.S. as soon as possible. That was the instructions. So they have to get all of the passengers off as fast as possible, and they just docked an Arab Foshabbos. B'makom, line four. They were supposed to port on... On a Wednesday, Agna Honia Ben Amal Chayfa Biyom Shishi Sheot Achado Lefnei Shkiyas Achama Kish Agna Ben Amal No Dash Ashos Achados Kodem Lachem Parts Lachem Asah Olam Ashniya World War Two had just started. Shotrim Im Magvire Kol Hei Itzu Ben Osim Lazo Quickly, quickly get off! Kolam Itanim Perku Alaretzif All of the suitcases will be put down on the dock. Fanosim Hayu Achraim Lfanosam Bimirut Marbit You'll have to get your own suitcases. Al Menasha Aniatu Chalav Zorla So Tavrit right at the beginning and for most of the war as we know the United States was not involved at all they just wanted to get out of there and let everybody else you know do whatever they had to do but it was Friday afternoon so what happened? what are they going to do? they could get off the boat but what about their suitcases? they have to quickly they have to get off he quickly grabbed the one Sefer Torah that had a Sefer Torah in it. His and tefillin. He went to speak to the captain. He listened and he said, "I've never been mechallel Shabbos in my life. To to it's not happening." As he started crying. Not for now, but those who read the introduction to the New Shemir Shabbos, the biography that he says, similar story when he, left, uh, when he left Europe to come. He says, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't take your suitcases for you. Imkain, Herman, Rachatum al Darkonenu, just saw in our passport so we can leave and we'll forget the suitcases. We'll come back after Shabbos for our suitcases. Says the captain, you're crazy. What, you're just going to leave them? I'm not guarding them. I'm not in charge of them. We're, we're emptying the boat. We're leaving them on the, on the side. <speaking in> Ref. <Hebrew> Herbin said, that's fine. I'm leaving. Just sign my passport. <speaking in Hebrew> Let me leave. <speaking in Hebrew> the captain asked, how many suitcases do you actually have? Shisha asar gazim sixteen sixteen below and nine above twenty five suitcases basically everything that they had in life one could imagine basically to put it in our in our day and age the lift right the lift's going to be unpacked somebody makes aliyah but I'm going it's Shabbos alecha kibrecha shencho zev. You have to know, Rabbi Herman. The second that you leave, it's going to be here, and the Arabim you do. call the Arabs are just going to going to take it all. He said, "Okay, but ain't I'm leaving, right? Hashabit chatom. Just sign, and finally the katzin sees that this guy is not budging. He signs, and they leave. line fifteen. rav Herman Rav Herman and his wife—they're just at shabbos. Shabbos. Shabbos is Shabbos. What does Shabbos mean? Getting back to our Rav Moshe. Hashem's in charge. Shabbos means Hashem created the world but also is connected to Yontif. Hashem's in charge. The Motsoi Shabbat Pana elav ma'archo lo Hava ne'lech l'namal yitachen ki nimso ch'elech me'ar You know what, Rabbi Hermit? let me take you back. Maybe there's something left. HaRav Hermann lo'ratza la'ashlotet atzmo ajit sarefi elav. Okay, fine. They go. They see some type of officer that's standing there. Who goes there? I'm one of the passengers from yesterday. My name's Yaakov Herman. Said the chayal, the soldier. I've been waiting for you for 25 hours. The captain told me I'm not allowed to leave until you come back. So his suitcases were taken care of. More than the Jew keeps Shabbos, Shabbos keeps the Jew. He was obviously so awestruck by someone who was ready to give everything up. He says, "He's a holy man. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of that Rabbi." That's somebody who realizes the message of Shabbos and Yontiv being connected to each other. Okay, we continue now. Continuing in the parsha of the Moadim. Perachav Gimel Pasik What's great about MR is that we also get to talk about Svirah Saomer every year. In the middle of Sirius Omer. so usfartam es Omer tenufa timimos says the Torah you should count uh, complete weeks So there is a medrash. We don't know where the source of this medrash is. It's quoted by the Rishonim in the end of Pesachim. The Ron quotes it, in others. Rabbi Yaakov quotes it in source number ten. But we'll start with a question. We know the famous Gemara and I didn't give it to you again. He quotes it in the middle of Source 10. The war and that tells us, why is there a velus at this time of year? There shouldn't be a velus. It's a happy time. Pesach, Shavuos. we're counting down towards Maimar Sinai. Why, why, why does it have a tinge of sadness? So why? Because as we know, the Talmudim of Verbi Akiva, they all died, the Gemara and they all died at this time of, of year. Because they didn't act with respect to each other. And the Gemara said, the old died, Dafka at this time of year. And one of the well-known questions, why Dafka at this time of year? Why is it during the days of Svira, counting up towards Kabbalah Satorah, why Dafka did they die at this time of, of year? So one answer given is, Derech heretz, they didn't have Derech for each other, but let's go a little deeper, says Rabbi Yaakov. Remember, what is this time period all about? The Medrash. The Medrash tells us, sort line number two, when they went out of Egypt, they tell Moshe, the day after he sees Moshe, where's the Torah? You told us. Moshe says to them, you got to give it time. You're not ready yet. You have to wait seven weeks. You have to wait. They said, okay, how many? Seven? Okay, let's start counting. Yitzchilu monin They started counting. One, two, three. is barachu. Fascinating medrash. B'nai Yisrael showed their enthusiasm to get the Torah right in the first generation. Hashem says, okay, I'm giving the mitzvah sfirasa omer. We know all the mitzvahs were before the world was created, but either way, b'schus, they express this excitement, that's why they were Zochat. So what does that mean? What is this time period supposed to be about? Nimsa, says Rabbi Yaakov, The love of Torah, the excitement of Torah. We can't get enough of Torah. We can't wait. That's what it's about. So why? What did Rabbi Akiva's Talmudim not get? What does it mean, these were the leaders of the generation. We don't even know their names. But these were the rabbis. What were they talking about probably most of the time? Torah. And yet, they didn't care to listen to each other's Torah. They weren't machabi each other's Torah. That was the pagam in Hashivos given to Torah. That's how it was against what this time period was about. This time period is about excitement for Torah. I can't wait. I'll listen to any Torah from anybody. They obviously were not interested in that. My Torah or no Torah, they felt. Right? Of course, the other Madras, this we know. This is a Madras rabba, line 20. Fish, whenever it rains, the fish go up to the surface in order to try to drink the raindrops that were falling. Hello, you live in fish. What are you going to the surface to get the raindrops for? If there's more water here, I'm going to get it. It says, that, that's somebody who loves Torah. Mayim, Torah is nimshal to Mayim. Somebody can be an unbelievable, huge Talmud Chacham. They get a new Sefer. They're so excited. They kiss it. They're like, oh, this is awesome, amazing. That's somebody who has an Avasat Torah. That's somebody who's excited about everything. In to- you can have a lot, but so what? This is new, and this is great, and this is more. Mikiva line twenty two, describing the fish. Every drop is is precious to them. They gave covet, but they didn't care about their friend's Torah. That's why it was Dafka at this time time period. Okay. Also related to this Pasik. I'm going to have a couple of uh, little thoughts. Not little, but uh, thoughts related to the moadim. There is a safer I picked up this week that I never saw before called Likute Yehoshua. I found it in Yeshiva, Yeshiva Ration on the wall, and Likute Yehoshua, Rabbi Yehoshua Scheinfeld. He was born, did a little research, he was born in Lublin, he ended up in New York, and I have a friend in the neighborhood who happens to be his great-nephew. I called him up today, are you related? My great-uncle! Yes, he was a, he was a, a businessman on the Lower East Side who learned with Zadok in Lublin. Zadok died in 1900. He was one of those rabbanim who came to America. It was a huge and Chacham. a sefer called Likutei Yoshua. Okay, so we have two little thoughts. I opened it. Did. Two great thoughts, quoting R' and Aybishitz and the uh, Bardichever. So one Hasidish and one and one very sharp. So he quotes the Medrash. The Medrash says on this passage Source Eleven. Seven complete weeks, says the Medrash. When are they complete? When Jews follow Hashem, that's when they're complete. And this is what we call, and he calls, a medrash pliya. What does that mean? It's only complete, it's only a full four, seven weeks when you're following the ways of Hashem. What does that mean? So he quotes a charifus, a sharp thought from Yonis and I, bishops. The Gemara says in Menachas, line four, the by Yom Pasol, we know the halacha is that we count Sviras HaOmer. The carbon omer, the first grain, the first wheat was brought. What did they do? After the first day of Pesach, that night, they went and cut the Omer. You have to cut it at night. What happens if you didn't cut it at night? You can't cut it during the day. If you cut it during the day, it's possible. You can't cut the Omer during the day. What happens, though, says the Gemara, if you cut it by night? You did what you were supposed to do, but then it became Tameh. It became puzzle somehow. Then the Gemara says you're allowed to cut it during the day. That's the Gemara. Fine, that's the Gemara. Step one. You have to cut the Omer at night. If you didn't, you can't do it during the day. But if it became Tameh, question. The Mishnah tells us in Avos that there were ten Nisim that happened in the base of Migdash every day. One of the Nisim was the Omer, the Omer never became Tameh or Puzzle. So what is the Gemara talking about? that if it became Pasol or tame, so then you can cut it during the day. It never happened. The Mishnah in one of the ten Nisim. baomer. What must you say? Says and The ten miracles only happens when B'nai Yisrael were following Hashem. When the Jews weren't following Hashem, there were no Nisim. What? Hashem was going to do Nisim for, for Am Yisrael. They're not following? In other words... In the Gemara, what's the Gemara talking about? Oh, it became Tameh. That's only possible if Ein Osten Ritzono Then you can cut it during the day. If you cut it during the day, you're missing a few hours from Tzmimos. You don't have seven complete weeks. Only if you're Osten Ritsono Shalmakom, Shezav Yonis and Ibishitz. Then the Omer will always be cut the night before. You will always have seven complete weeks because the Omer will never become Pusl in that case. That's a Harifus. That's a Yonas and Ibishits. Bismanshev Tamimos, Bismanshev Osen Risano Shamak. Okay. Um, let's see, you know We're going to skip 12 and 13. I think we've done them in the past, just to save t- uh, for lack of time. Uh, the, that's the question of Shech on Svirus Omer. Why don't we say Shech on Svirsa Omer, the Bal Hamar, and Rav Salvechik? We'll see at the end if there's some time, but. Uh, uh, Right now, it's for your own... Uh, feel free for reading. But I want to do the other Likutei Yehoshua once we're on the topic of Yeshua Shineshelt. Getting the Torah out there of those who, uh, you know, it's not as well known. Says Likutei Yehoshua, the Medrash tells us, or the Pasuk first, L'katten Lachemba Yom Arishon rishon Sadar Kapos kapos we know the mitzvah of Dalad Minim. Later on in the Parsha, you should take on the first day the Dalad Minim. The Medrash tells us, as the Medrash much discussed, Sukkot's time, what does it mean by Yom Rishon? Or the Rishon? Says the Gemara Rishon L'Cheshbon Avonos. The first day that there's a Cheshbon of sins. What does that mean? Up until you're so busy in mitzvot till now, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and then Sukkot. First day of Sukkot is Rishon Avonos. What does that mean? Right, all the mafarshim are bothered. What Sukkot? You're not doing mitzvot. What Sukkot? Daliminim. So says the Likud Pinchas, he quotes the Bardichever. Unbelievable. What does it mean, ben Avonos? So he quotes on line five. Chazal tell us, Hashav Miyira. If somebody does tshuva out of fear, tshuva Miyira, what does the Gemara say at the end of Yuma? Zdonos nases lo kishkagos. Our willful Averos turn into shogakes. Hashem says, I'll make your mazes into shogakes. If we do tshuva Miira. Shav may ava, but if I do tshuva out of love for Hashem, the higher level, zdonos nasos lo my averas turn into mitzvos. Pretty amazing. If I do the lower level tshuva, zdonos nasos lo But if I do tshuva out of out of ava, the zdonos turn into zechuyos. Says the bar Tishrei, the entire month of Tishrei, up until Sukkis, we're doing tshuva out of yiran. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, we're scared. So our averos are still averos. They're just gigs, so We're not going to be punished for them. You could go on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, afi me'asit shuba, rakmi yira, kchiagia. So fine. But what happens when Sukkot comes? There's a different feel on Sukkot. You know, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, we're pesimcha. Simchas yantef asamakta bechagecha. Shuba me'ava. Today is the first day that we can start counting our Averos as mitzvos. Rishon Avonos. It's the first day that we can start making a khajman of our avonos so they could count like mitzvos. Rishon Avonos. We could count them as mitzvos now. That exactly is the message that we want to get across. So Likute Yoshua gets onto the map into our Parsha Shirim. Again, like the we mentioned in the past the rough of Canton, Ohio, and the rough here now from the Likute Yoshua, all of the uh, all of the start. Okay, just like to end with one other idea in Yana Dioma, And it's really just Psukim. The thought is really just P'sukim. It's just Psukim that we don't always focus on. And Rashi and the Radak emphasize it for us, just in case we don't get the message from the Pesukim. It's Pesukim in Yechezkel, Perak This is getting back to the, it's also in the Parsha, a definition of Kiddush Hashem and the definition of Chil Hashem. So we know, we gave our own definition, but there's another definition of Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem. Says the Pesukim in Yechezkel. Source 15. Hashem said to me, right, that Lushen is always used by Yechezkel, Ben Adam, Beis Yisrael, Yoshevim alad masam, via also bedarkam. Bnei Yisrael are sitting on their land, and they have made tame their ways. Uba loosam, Ketumasa nida, Yisad darkam lefanai. Bnei Yisrael have sinned, V'hashpok hamasi alayhem, Aladam asher shatko ala arez, tamua. They've murdered, Avodah Zarah, Terrible right they, they, they murdered Zecharya Zecharya Navi in the base of I'm sending them into Galus. I will scatter them amongst the nations. shafatatim. They're going to go into Galus. They will defile my name. They will do a hashem. By what? By doing averus more? What's the Chil Hashem? Am Hashem Just reading the Pesukim, what does it sound like? The Chil Hashem will be that we were thrown out of our land. That Hashem sent us into galus. That was the Chil Hashem. That's what the Rashi and the Radak say. Look down for a second. Surah 16, Rashi. Vayichal Hashem His lowered my covet. What is the Khilul? What's the Khil Hashem? Alehem, the enemies will say, Am Hashem Oh, Hashem couldn't keep his la- his people in his land. That's a Khil Hashem. When Jews are outside the land of Israel, Yachazkel tells us it is a Chil Hashem. Let's keep reading the Psukim. But eventually I will have compassion on my name, on my holy name, that Beis Israel desecrated by being in Gaulus. I am not going to do this for you. Also for me, again because of the Chil HaShem that you went there. Right? We did a Chil HaShem before we left. That was one Chil HaShem. We were doing a virus. But Yecheskel is saying there was a Chil HaShem that you did, that you had to go out. The of Gimel. I will sanctify my name from the Chil that took place. The Chil HaShem that took place. I will sanctify myself in front of their eyes. How? Next Pesach. You know what the greatest Kiddush Hashem is, is, says Yechazkel, when Jews go back to Eretz Israel, Chosen people in the chosen land, that's Kiddush Hashem. Yes, we spoke before about Lemaith in our lives, but on a national scale, what is Kiddush Hashem and what is Chil Hashem? Says Rashi. Says the Radak. If you look in the Radak, it's Mephorish in the P'sukim, But they emphasize it. Chil Hashem is when Jews have to leave Eretz Israel. Kiddush Hashem is when Jews could go back. And Rav Zalman Malambe, the Rosh Hashiva of Beit El, one of his Ma'marim, one of his Rushes that he gave on Yom HaTzmut a couple of decades ago, he writes on Source 18, he says often and met very often. We mentioned before from the Slanam Arabi, Every day we get to fulfill Kiddush Hashem on an individual level, but once in a while, we are able to also fulfill Kiddush Hashem on a national communal level. Yis Madreikus beKiddush Hashem. Yis Kiddush Hashem beTzino liYachid. Yis Kiddush Hashem sheYachid Oseh Barabim beFarhesia. V'yis Kiddush Hashem Klal Yisraeli. T'kum Masasham u'Dinah Yisraeli Kiddush Hashem Klal Yisrael. Being able to have Jews come and establish the country in God's chosen land. That's Pesukim in That's the definition of Kiddush Hashem. And then he adds something fascinating. He says in the second half of of his piece, in 18, he says, we know, the Gemara tells us, line 6, I'm skipping his two words. The Gemara says there's no difference between Shogig and Mezid when it comes to Chil Hashem. If somebody is Mechal Hashem Shemayim B'Shogeg, he's still going to get punished for it. Because Chil Hashem goes by the results even if somebody had no idea what they were doing. It was a shogeg. But yes, we have to try to be careful even show gigs of shogegs of Chil Hashem. Says Rav Malamed, we know mida tova Maruba yosem merubah Puranas. So if echad shogeg v'echan Hashem, echad shogeg v'echan mezed b'kiddush Hashem as well. The result is so important. So even if there were people over the past 150 years that weren't focusing or thinking they were doing any kind of Kiddush Hashem, And they weren't thinking that they were part of being Makadi Shem Shamayim, and maybe even lahachis against it. But Lama the result is Kiddush Hashem. And Echad Shogig, Vechad Mezid. Line 15. Call me Shagorim, Lakidish Hashem, Beinimu Miskavin, Lakach, Beinimeno Miskavin. Imu Yodashi Eishbazek Kiddish Hashem, Olo, Yeda Shi Eishbazek Kiddish Hashem, Kach, O Kach, hu Makadi Shem Shamayim. Hadvaram Amurim, Lagabi Haoskim, Bibinya Na Arets. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin, the Gemara says that one of the wicked kings of Israel, he was zochet to a very lengthy kingdom. I think it was Amriah. I forgot to look it up again. He was zochet. Why was he zochet to such a long kingdom if he did have all his zari, He did terrible things because he built up a couple of Yishuvim and Eretz Yisrael. And for that, he was zochet to a long malchus. Says Yecheskel, Jews being able to come back to Eretz Yisrael Whenever it is, one Jew coming back, thousands of Jews coming back, millions of Jews coming back to Eretz Yisrael. Millions of Jews, that is a tremendous Kiddush Hashem. And that's what we need to recognize. No matter where we are, whether we are Zolchet, to be part of that Kiddush Hashem or not, we have to Zolchet and thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the tremendous chance that we have to fulfill the mitzvah of B'Mekadishim shemayim, even on a national level. Okay, we'll stop here. Hashem, we'll pick up next week with Parsh Bahar.